1: With your host,
0: high-performance business coach,
1: keynote speaker,
0: and author, Scott Hansen. Showtime in three, two, one. What is up, everybody? This is your host, Scott Hansen. Hope you're all having an amazing, amazing day. I, uh, I normally start talking a little bit about some other things that we have going on here at Success Hackers, but um, I have a very important guest with us today, and... I want to make sure that we give him the entire amount of time to be sharing some things with you that I think you're really going to be able to take away and start utilizing pretty quickly in your own business. And we're going to be talking about real estate. We're going to be talking about passive income and uh, how you can take advantage, possibly, of both. So today, our featured guest is Mr. Jack Gibson. Jack, are you ready to rock? I'm ready, Scott. Let's do it, man. All right, all right. Jack Gibson is the president and co-founder of High Return Real Estate. He founded his first company at the ripe old age of 21 where he built it into a multi-million dollar company before he could even rent a car. Soon after he bought his first home, then that turned into five more and then the real estate bug hit Jack. He became obsessed with learning everything about real estate investing and soon had over 50 investment properties earning passive income. Today Jack spends most of his time educating and teaching entrepreneurs on how to invest in real estate and how to get their own passive income. Jack, welcome to Success Hackers. It's really great to have you on the show, man.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Really appreciate the opportunity and love love doing these. So.
0: Absolutely, well, <laughs> tell our listeners a little bit more about high return real estate and what that is.
1: Well, that's a uh, turnkey you know, um, rental property business that we started with my business partner, Shecky, uh, about three years ago. I was uh, investing heavily into stocks prior to that, and they just, uh, some series of unfortunate events happened. <laughs> Mainly, I bought <laughs> high and, you know, sold low, right? So, that's not the long-term strategy, yeah. I don't think, in that particular asset class. But anyways, you know, I really like consistency and in, in, in predictable returns, predictable growth, and I knew that I didn't have much control whenever I turned my money over to, you know, the stock market. So, I said, you know, there's got to be a better way. You know, it's got to be a more predictable way that I can grow my wealth and just really started looking into real estate. And more I studied it, just the more it made sense for for me, my personality, what what I wanted to achieve and adding another layer of uh, passive income for financial protection for my family. You know, we wanted to, I really wanted to protect my family's lifestyle that we've created. Not, you know, we want to grow as humans. We don't want to go backwards. Right. Right. And with the amount of disruption that's happening in the in the business world, you know, right now and then what we're expecting in the decade here, 2020 and beyond, you know, it's really I think it's more important than ever to have multiple sources of income so that if one does take a hit, does get disrupted, which is pretty likely to happen, then you know, you've got others that are coming in that you 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 know, you're not gonna miss a beat. Right. So <clears throat> we I started investing in turnkey property. You know, it's kind of really made sense for me at the time. I had another really successful um, business in the nutrition, multi-level marketing space. Mm-hmm. And I was already busy with the family and all that. So I just wanted a place to park my money. So turnkey made the most sense because somebody else is doing the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing all the acquisitions, the rehabbing. They've got the property management set up. So you're essentially you're just buying a performing asset, but you get to enjoy the you know, the, all the benefits of being in the real estate asset class. So turnkey's really, you know, come up big the last decade in terms of opening it up to people that previously wouldn't have probably invested in real estate or really couldn't do it. So once I started getting great returns, I started referring friends, family, neighbors, colleagues, and I realized there was a huge demand for the product. I, I sold five million in cash um, transactions or referred, I should say, my mm-hmm. first 12 months And that kind of tipped me off that, yeah, you know, there's a lot bigger business here that I could build than, you know, what I'm just kind of doing through my my network. So Mm. I brought in Shecky. He was my digital marketing coach. Mm. And we started the company together 50 50. And then, you know, we've just been working on scaling the business ever since, you know, trying to dial in the systems and and serve our investor base, you know. And that's, you know, we've done pretty well and we're we're expecting a a huge year.
0: So. Mm. Well, I want to I dive a little bit deeper into this turnkey because I think that and you, you can speak a lot better than I can to this but a lot of people see these or either they see these real estate shows on TV reality TV or frankly they hear them on on radio and come to this event or or you know we, we can make you a millionaire or they see something on TV where people you know they get into real estate and they purchase it low and they make it all nice and pretty and then they yeah. flip it and they make money and you know i would imagine that there's absolutely some serious success stories that go along with it but i also would imagine that like any business like you were part of the mlm business before and any other business frankly there's only a very 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 small amount of people that actually quote unquote make serious money doing it so what would you what would you advise someone that's looking to get into real estate or someone that's looking for passive income I would imagine that there's a ton of stuff to look at but is there maybe one thing you can share or maybe even through your program what you guys do maybe that differentiates from everybody else
1: yeah and i you know just to comment on the fix and flip shows i mean those are reality and all yeah, reality right, right? right i
0: mean right <laughs> i mean, exactly.
1: I mean <laughs> not not every deal makes you know 50 100 grand right, you right. know in two months i right. mean I, you know, what I actually, you know, I've tried my hand at the retail fix and flip, you know, where I'm buying a, a house, fixing it up like what they do on TV right. and, and then selling it to a retail investor. And, you know, the two, what, three of those that I did did not work out that way because there's a problem called hold costs. Mm. <laughs> and it's when the project gets delayed longer than what you think it's going to take, then those hold costs are extremely costly. You know, that's money that you're paying interest on to another investor you may be borrowed from to do the project, or it's the, it's the lost revenue opportunity cost of having your money tied up without making any money. And right. then, of course, you're paying taxes and insurance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I had one of those went 18 months when it was supposed to go four months, right? Mm-hmm. So that just ate up all the hold costs, ate up all the profit. So that's what they're not showing you on the show, that's very, very common in that type of, you know, that type of fix and flip type
0: mm-hmm. scenario.
1: So, I think, you know, for for my opinion is that obviously I'm very biased because this is the product that we offer. But from a, an investor standpoint, myself, and not uh, not just a owner of a turnkey company, you know, I'm, I'm a, I was an investor first, right? You know the buy and hold concept makes a lot more sense for cash flow because you know as soon as you buy the asset you're immediately getting drawing cash flow like right out of the gate so you're able to offset those hold costs by you know you don't have them Mm -hmm. (laughs) because you have you have cash flow coming in immediately so most you know most uh, millionaires and successful real estate investors are are much more on the the buy and hold type side of the equation Mm -hmm. not only because of you know the the hold cost scenario but also um just because it's you know long-term sustainable versus and tax lower versus a fix and flip scenario you know you may you may make a big chunk right away or quickly but you're taxed to the max and now you got to go out and you got to to find the next deal so it's not passive i i don't know i think that you know, for most people, especially, you know, entrepreneurs or busy professionals, probably what are listening to your show and they listen to ours, you know, that they, they don't have the um, skill sets and the the time and effort and energy it takes to go out and do the traditional fix and flip type scenario. I mean, that takes a lot of, it takes a lot of skill, a lot right. of experience to do that right. So we, we allow people to, you know, be able to enter the the market, so to speak, enter this asset class without, you know, having those skills and be able to you know generate some nice returns.
0: How does it work? So you find someone that I don't know if you have to have a specific um, dollar uh, we- of wealth in the bank in order to take mm-hmm. part in your program or not. But you know who are you looking for? And then once someone, I don't know if it's purchases your course or your program. What what do you actually end up taking them through? Are you actually showing them what properties? either locally or nationally to look for or are you, or is it more of just an investment play because you mentioned this word turnkey how does it work
1: yeah so we're not we've decided we're never going to go into the the guru space well i should say i shouldn't say never right you never want to like cut off all your avenues of potential revenue right but we we have, we're not uh, selling a course or we're not selling, you know, like information or how to's or anything like that. Nothing wrong with that at all, by the way. Right. It's a, it's an awesome way to, you know, to help educate other people and and create uh, value in the marketplace. We just decided that our core business was gonna be offering us sp- specific properties that have already we've already done the due diligence on. In other words, you know, we bought a piece of crap property that needed a lot of work, so that's how we're able to get such a great discount. We buy in cash quickly so and in volume so that gives us even more economies of scale in terms of being able to get great discounts and deals and then you know we go in we send our five construction teams in uh, depending on who's available you know we're, we're managing who we're going to send in on what project they go and fix up the property they get it they, it runs through a litmus of quality control checks including a third-party inspection and a third-party property management walkthrough with they have their own 42 point checklist And then once it's deemed rent ready, that's when we'll offer it up to the investor community. And then they can just buy that specific, they're they're essentially buying that house or that specific deed to that property. So they take on the ownership and then they, you know, enjoy the benefits of the residual income and also enjoy the risks of, you know, owning property, which, you know, certainly like any investment, it's not uh, completely risk free. But we've mitigated the bulk of the risks, which the two main risks in buying real estate is number one, you're buying a property that has, you're paying too much for the current condition of the property. So in other words, most people, the biggest mistake that they make is they're buying a property where, you know, they they think they're getting a qual- this quality of property for, you know, 50,000 in actuality and needs another 10 to 20,000 worth of work that they didn't know. So right. that's a huge, huge mistake that people make or they buy a property, they hire a construction team to do it and the construction team you know, takes their money and gives them a really shoddy product, and that's very, very common. And we went through that ourselves mm-hmm. uh, multiple times to be able to get to you know where we're at today. So those are those are very, very real risks. The other risk is in the property management team. That's um, that's operating the the asset after you buy it. That's the big. That's a huge risk because you know if they don't have systems and good professional um management in place then you know you're you're definitely going to get take a hit on your performance post sale so we've vetted five we've gone through five property management teams to get to the one we've got to be able to offer investors what we feel is the best in the in the business
0: so really at the end of the day so what i'm hearing is you guys set it up you guys go like you said vet the properties you've you um you look at a piece of property the piece of property for ease of math is a hundred grand You then, what, you negotiate the property from the seller to get it down to a specific dollar value. You Do you guys then purchase that property and then sell it to, let's say it's me, that I'm the investor? How, How does that process kind of work?
1: Yeah, we, we would, absolutely, you got it. We would buy the property okay. at a at a steep discount, and we have specific number criteria that we we know that we have to be all in at because we know what the investor that we're selling to, what the kind of returns that they want to see. Mm. So we want to make sure that we're buying it low enough and that we're then able to also, we scope the property completely so we know what rehab funds are going to need to go into it to make it a really, you know, a good quality product um, that the investor isn't going to have another five or ten thousand dollars that they're going to have to put into it after we sell to them, you know, within the next 12 to 24 months. You know, that that's what kills off all the returns that the investor is going to get. So then once it's completely, you know, done and, and, and ready for a tenant to move in or in some cases, you know, already has a tenant that has moved in. Then, you know, that's when we'll offer it to the investor. They can close on it, um, you know, immediately.
0: Okay. And then you guys, do you guys actually take a piece of the rent? So I I, I come in and I purchase this house from you guys. Um, I now own the house. Um, I go out and find somehow whatever, maybe through your system, maybe through me. I go out and find that renter. Once the transaction between me purchasing the house from you and then me trying to find a renter, Do you guys also make a piece on the rent, or you just you guys just make your money from uh, from me purchasing the house from you? Just from the purchase of the
1: property, we turn the the property management over to a third party property management company, and then they they have their they take their you know ten percent of rents, and that's how they you know make their model work.
0: Okay, so I mean, I would imagine a lot of people right now are listening, saying, "I would love that." Sounds amazing. I'm working at this business or maybe I have a job that I'm looking to maybe transition and start open, owning my own company. Maybe I own my own company that I've been running for 3, 5, 10, 30 years. But man, I would love to start I would love to start, you know, getting into real estate or, you know, this passive income play. But I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I can barely swing a hammer. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that is that the person that you're really looking for? I mean, is it is is your program you know nothing's foolproof and nothing's like you said without risk. But what's when you when you think of the person that's out there listening that says, "You yeah, know, I'd maybe like a piece of this. I would mm-hmm. love to get into it." What would you suggest they do? I know you probably say call you or email you. There, there, yeah. There'll be all kinds of information for our listeners to, to sure. get in contact with Jack later at the end <laughs> here. But do they need to have a specific skill set? Do they need to have a specific dollar amount in the bank? What is sort of the the criteria?
1: Yeah, no, not at all. So okay. This is there. So there's two types of real estate investors. There's active investors and passive investors. So in active investors, those that want to get their hands dirty, they're you know they're going out. They're um they're they want to scope out you know 50 to 100 properties to find the few that really actually would work. And then they're you know running and kind of in charge of the construction teams that they're designing. They're they're finding the maybe placing the tenant themselves like they're they're. They're all in the mix of all of these steps that we do. Passive investors are those that, you know, they're, they're hands off. So they're, yep. they're more just putting their funds in and right. then they're saying, hey, you know what? There's a, there's teams that are already in charge. I'm going to just let them do their thing. You know, so they're, you know, you're definitely active investors can make, you know, um, more money. They can get higher returns, but there's a price to be paid for that as well, right? I mean, you you got to put in the effort and take, you know, more risks too, mm-hmm. So the passive investors are what we're looking for. You know, active investors aren't going to typically going to come to us because they typically think that they can do it, you know, cheaper, better better than what we can, which is fine. Right. You know, have at it. I mean, this is a, it's a tough, very tough business to be in, Mm. to get a property, you know, from non-performing to performing status. Very, very, very difficult. So... Um, if I if I knew how difficult it was, I, I would have never gotten into it in the first place So, <laughs> so um, Yeah, so anyways That's uh, that's how I really honestly genuinely feel about it too. I'm yeah. not being sarcastic so um, But now that we're
0: already got it figured out and we got it. We're into it. We're in it. So don't turn it back Yeah, and this but, is a uh, single-family homes. Is it apartments? Mm-hmm. Is it both? Yeah, you know right
1: now at this stage we're just doing singles and duplexes, okay. and uh, we're all in the uh, Indianapolis market only. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Indianapolis has got some incredible uh, not only um, you know cash on cash returns for investors, but um, the market is very stable, and it's it's great in terms of the landlord protection laws. In other words, if you want to evict a tenant, you can usually have them out in about thirty days. And there's uh, taxes are very, very friendly. They're capped at 2% of assessed value, which is very, very low right. compared to a lot of other states. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of factors that cause this to be a really great area, a great market for, you know, cash flow, buy and hold investing. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you know, you go to New York, you know, you've got some big problems. You know, you got very high uh, pricing um, all of our prices are are within, you know, for a property, are between fifty to a hundred thousand dollars. Rarely do we sell something over a hundred. Rarely do we have anything under fifty. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, of course, there's properties that are over a hundred in the Indianapolis market that are good buys. That just the returns are are, are much much lower. You know, you're down probably in the five six percent range. You know, net after all expenses, whereas ours are going to be, you know, 9%, 10, 11%, even more, um, you know, depending on vacancy and repair factors, which is, you know, something that's much more difficult to project, right? Right. Uh, as far as um, to answer your other question, they just have to, um, you know, they have to be cash investors to buy with us. Simply, there's two reasons. Everybody, this is the big question we always get, the big complaint we always get too is, you know, investors want to. They want to leverage um, the properties with us. <clears throat> we uh, have found that uh, for our model to sustain itself, we can't take a property all the way through all the, the two or three months that it takes it to get to the finish line, you know, mm-hmm. to be rent ready, and then put it under uh, like a finance deal and then have it potentially be tied up for another three months. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So that would, those hold costs. Would absolutely crush our us in our business. We 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 just can't we can't do that to stay in in business. <clears throat> Either that, or we'd have to raise our prices significantly, right. which you know we don't want to do. We want to be high return real estate. Mm. Um, the second part is that there's there's very few lenders that will do any loans under seventy five thousand. I mean there are out there, but they're they're not very common. So it is harder for investors to get lending, you know, in this high return type of asset you know, class at C class property. So what we do find, however, is that when we sell it in cash, investors are able to, you know, find cash out refinancing. And there are, you know, we do have lenders out there that we refer them to that are willing to do that. So they are able to get leverage, they just have to do it on the back end, you know, versus the front end, which which most like, you know, they, they expect to be able to do that. Awesome. Can you
0: get vulnerable with us for one minute?
1: Uh, Yeah, I'm very transparent.
0: (laughs) Very very authentic. I have no problem. Go ahead. So I believe that all high performers and successful individuals look at failure maybe a little bit differently than most people, Jack. They actually use what I call failure as feedback and -hmm. course correction. So take us to a time, you know, you might say more than one, but maybe just one time that you failed. You maybe even wanted to give up. Could be in this business could be in the other business but you actually use that one failure that one setback as fuel for your success fire
1: so here's a big failure we uh we acquired we acquired 17 properties at a tax sale so you know we bought these these were very highly distressed properties so to give you an idea i mean the owners they thought so little of the property that they were willing to just give it away to the city, right? Yeah. So they didn't pay their taxes on it. They just said this property is is so so bad that I'm going to turn it over to the city for free, mm. um, and not and just not pay my taxes on it. So we bought 17 of those, and we were we were early on in the company. So you know, and I'm aggressive uh, as an entrepreneur. I like to be aggressive. I like to um, to get after it. And, uh, we sold that, that package of properties to an investor. The, um, the head of, the head of rehabs that we had at the time, um, we turned him loose on all those properties and we, you know, sent him funds and, you know, expected him to do the properties. And he had done 30 projects up to that point. So we didn't have any reason to think he wouldn't, you know, be able to get them done. Right. Well, you know, we put the wrong person in the wrong seat, mm-hmm. proverbially. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we gave him too much responsibility and too much leeway, and we, we gave him, um, you know, too much too much of a project load that he couldn't handle. Um, he he only got partway through those and then disappeared, hmm. along with a big chunk of the rehab fund. Sure. So we ended up winning a default judgment for a million dollars. However, to this day, we don't have a dollar collected. <laughs> so we had it then. We had already sold that to the investor Mm -hmm. so we had to figure out how to come up with the funds to then finish the 17 properties get them rehabbed and get them to the investor as promised so we uh for a young company let me tell you that's tough yeah that was very very tough yeah and um you know i am not uh, fortunately i didn't um i didn't go down a deep dark path like i really could have uh, definitely had some dark moments, probably drank a few more drinks than I normally drink. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But um, somehow, you know, through through, the you know, faith and, and my wife, I was able to get through mm. it. We sold a lot of um, sold several properties that I owned to come up with the funds to uh, pay the contractors off to uh, finish off this batch. We did deliver the package to the investor, not on time, um, but we got them to him as promised. And, you know, we I think that that made a huge difference in just maintaining the integrity of our um, not only ourselves, but our company and uh, set us up for some incredible blessings that have come from, you know, just I think just doing the right thing and keeping your word, no matter how hard it is, that has uh, led to some 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 I think set us up for some incredible success. So, like, as of right now, we record this we have 15 properties that are under contract that are uh, pending closing. Hmm. So we're, we're set up for a monster, monster year so far, just,
0: just out of the gate. Could have easily, especially being fairly new in the business, could have easily, easily derailed you and your business partner in so many different facets, whether it's mentally, whether it's financially, whether it's whatever you want to call it. But you obviously chose in that moment you chose to continue to forge ahead. You mentioned you're aggressive, you wanna get things done. What do you think you learned in that quote unquote failure in that moment? Well, I
1: think, you know, lots of lessons, you know, I think your greatest asset is also your greatest liability. So for me, my greatest asset is probably that, uh, whenever I take the personality tests, I've taken them multiple times, and they always come out as number one, like competitive and aggressive. Mm -hmm. So that's a great that's a great asset, but it's it also turns out to be my biggest weakness too. And it, mm-hmm. so it really cost me because I didn't temper that, I didn't I didn't uh, tame that in that, you know, type of situation where I didn't really know that much of what I was doing, and um, you know, I should have just started off with maybe one or two of those and gotten it done, versus trying to take seventeen on it all at once. The other thing it taught me was you know you got to really trust, but also verify. You know, the great President uh, Reagan said, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna trust the Soviets, but I'm gonna verify
0: mm.
1: what what they're, what they're doing as well. So that was the, you know, those, those lessons were huge. And then, you know, I think um, it also taught us to, you know, not, we don't ever, we, we changed our model from that point forward. Like, we will never sell an asset until it is completely final. Like, right. everything is buttoned up and done. It's got to go through all the checks and everything. Like we won't, property still has, you know, like uh, two little items that need to be done. We're not closing on that property until they're done. It's got to be just, so we don't want any, we don't want to close with an investor than have any
0: post-sale problems that we're scrambling to figure out. What a valuable lesson and kudos to you for continuing to forge ahead. Because I think, again, I think a lot of, a lot of people out there would have maybe, you know, turned away or said, you know, this business is not for me or whatever the case may be. And they start putting doubts in their head. But it seems like you guys, to say the least, have used that as a stepping stone. When You, you know, I always say that on the show. It's funny. I, we've had 145 very successful entrepreneurs and business owners on the show over the last several years, and every sure. single one of them have had at least one fail-forward moment. And this is the one they remember, and this is the one that they utilized as a jumping-off point to the next level. And I just heard something recently, and it's so true, is for every new level, you meet a new devil. Yeah. Right. So, you yeah, know, just true. just as you think you're going to get to that hundred thousand, there's all kinds of bullshit that you play in your head or that a million or that two million or that 10 million. There's always going to be a new devil on your shoulder that's saying you can't do this. You shouldn't do this. It's holding you back or whatever the case. So you you're constantly having to really go through personal development, you know, on the way up and learning from your mistakes and, and utilize them as, as feedback, like I said, in course correction. So I really yeah. appreciate you sharing that.
1: You know, one of the things that a at a seminar I was at last weekend, he said, you know, look, the opposite of failure is not success. Most people think that, you know, like, okay, that's those are the two opposing ideologies. He said the opposite of failure is quitting mm. because with failure, in, enduring failure, that's how you arrive at success. I, I just, yeah, I'm a firm believer in, in the failing forward concept. And, you know, one thing, too, you know, that I've really learned and my wife really pointed out, you know, she's like, and you know, why, your wives are like, they're so great, right? Because they're so transparent with you um, or, you know, spouses in general, yeah. right but generally wives to their husbands, they're the ones that can check you. She said, yeah, you know, you're, you know, she told me at the time, like, your ego's kind of getting out of hand here, because I came out of the gate with some really pretty big success. Right, right. I was making some incredible money right out of the gate in real estate. And so, you know, yeah, naturally, I mean, it it did, I didn't, it didn't check it, and it went to my head. And so, like, this whole scenario, I mean, man, it massively humbled me and uh, just made me realize, man, you you didn't know really what you were doing. You had no reason to to get such a big head about it. So... I think that um, sometimes two people got to look at, like, maybe you do need this negative experience to just to humble you.
0: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Well, Jack, we are now entering the randomness round. But before we do, let's take one quick moment to learn something brand new. Hacker Nation, having worked with hundreds of small business owners, I can tell you that the number one most common problem facing most small business owners, it's consistently generating more business, new customers and new clients. So imagine for a second, if you had prospects actually knocking on your door, wanting your products or services, would that alleviate some stress? Of course it would, right? So I partnered up with the folks at Comrade Digital. They are an internet marketing ad agency that helps small business owners get a steady flow of leads month after month after month. Well, right now they have a program called the Business Growth Blueprint that you absolutely wanna take advantage of. They normally charge $2,500 for this service, So I asked if they can waive the fee for my podcast listeners and they agreed to do this for free. However, there's a catch. They're limiting it to only five people. So if you're a business owner and you're looking to have leads come looking for you, knocking on your door, imagine how great that would be for your business. If you want that, here's what I want you to do right now. Go to this website, comradeweb, comradeweb.com, comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. That's comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. When you do that, you're and if you qualify, they will work with you to create a free of charge your own business growth blueprint. And what will that give you? How much demand is there for your products or services online in your market? They're going to figure that out for you. How do I actually attract clients to your business online and how to convert them into high paying customers. So here's the deal. Be one of the first five right now. Go to comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers, comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. All right, Jack, we are back and about ready to enter the randomness round. The randomness round is kind of like putting you on the success hackers version of the hot seat. Right?
1: Okay, (laughs) let's do it.
0: Whatever's the first answer that Mm -hmm. comes to mind, just let it rip. So Jack, are you ready for the randomness round? I'm ready. Let's do it best advice you've ever received
1: Um, my mom she said many hands make light work
0: what's a daily habit that you do sometime throughout the day that puts you in a great frame of mind
1: (laughs) generally work out but I don't do it every day but pretty much every day (laughs) okay
0: (laughs) you now own a time machine I want you to travel back in time to when you were 25 years old again what Mm -hmm. advice would your current self knowing about life and business give your 25 year old self
1: well, first off, I've, I've always told people, if I could go back in time, I go back to my 19-year-old self, But 25's fine, I'd, I'd go back and say thank you for the effort that you put in because we have an, I have an incredible life uh, because of what you did. Mm-hmm. So that would be first thing, gratefulness. Second part, I would uh, definitely say, man, keep your priorities in check, dude. You uh, cannot put success and money first or you're gonna have a very um, miserable life.
0: What's the one trait that you have that's contributed to your success? Perseverance,
1: work ethic, I mean, kind of put them both together and combined. I just don't ever like give up. If I put my, like the Terminator, I feel like, like if I lock in on the target, um, either they're dead or I'm dead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's a hidden talent that you have that most people may not know about you?
1: I feel like I'm a really pretty exceptional poker player. Mm. So I like to um, dissect you know, the opponent and try to separate them from their money. And I'll, even if I'm playing my grandma, I'm going to try to beat her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're learning a lot about your personality here in the lightning round. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what is one book that you've read that's made an impact on your business?
1: I got to go back to the, the beginnings. My first personal development book, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. That that kicked everything off for me, opened up uh, the, the, the mind to, yeah. for greatness.
0: If you can recommend one social media tool or overall service to the Hacker Nation community, what would that be?
1: Okay, so if you're building a business, the strength of your business that we found is in our email list. So utilizing social media is great, but then uh, because they change their algorithms and everything so often, you never really own your your fan base. Mm -hmm. So if you get them onto your list, then you own the rights to market to
0: them for life. Jack, you are now officially off the randomness round hot seat. All right. I was stressed, man. (laughs) This has been absolutely incredible. Thank you so much for your time and sharing these incredible success strategies with our Hacker Nation. Where can our listeners find out more about you or your program or anything else that you'd like to share?
1: Yeah, our website is uh, highreturnrealestate.com. They can go there, learn about everything that we do, book a call with our head of uh, investor relations, Nicole Haas. She's phenomenal. Then they can you know, certainly um, you know, get a hold of us as well, Shecky and I. And uh, we also have our own um, podcast on real estate, the High Return Real Estate Show. So it's, it's mainly focused on strategies for buy and hold investors that want to create passive income and, and create uh, legacy
0: wealth. Hacker Nation, make sure to head over to SuccessHackers.net for this episode's show notes and recap from today's incredible interview with Jack, along with some other really cool resources we have on the site. And uh, when you're on the site, everything that we just talked about here on the interview, all the links, all the information that Jack just shared will be there for you to connect, for you to connect with them. Also, remember if you want one of those coveted business growth blueprint sessions that I told you about. Comrade Digital will actually help you for free. Um, make sure to be one of the first five. Go to comradeweb.com forward slash success dash hackers. This is Scott Hansen saying thanks again for listening to another episode of Success Hackers. Until the next show, go out and live with passion.